Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. You sure? Yes. All right, guys. Welcome to the Full Blast Podcast. I'm Jeff Fader. And before we get into it with my daughter, Lila. Oh, Lila yeah. <laughs> All right, Lila. Oh, yeah. Okay, let me tell you the ad reads. All right, okay, hold on. She's already fired up. Let's talk about a little bit of business, shall we? <laughs> business number one is Broadback Ironworks, makers of the 2x72 grinder. It is an awesome grinder that is perfect for knife makers, metal workers, woodworkers, anybody removing material. Uh, you need this grinder, horizontal, vertical, all the different attachments. And if you're at Blade Show, they have a special deal going on right now. You can get $215 uh, worth of free stuff with their max package, $445 worth of free stuff with their premium package, and $590 worth of free stuff with their mega package. So go check out Bro- uh, Bro- Broadbeck Ironworks. Uh, if you're in Australia, go check out them at Gamaco. If you're at Maritime Knife Supply, well, if you're in Australia, go to Maritime Knife Supply. And if you're at the Blade Show, go visit them at uh, Booth 517. Definitely go check out what's going on with them. Broadback Ironworks are awesome. Many, many thanks to you guys. Number two is my friends at Even Heat manufacture the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Definitely check out what they have. They have awesome kilns for if you're a professional, if you're a hobbyist, if you're dabbling, if you're a pro, go get yourself one of them Even Heats. Uh, if you want 220, if you want 110, 110, whatever you want, they got you squared away. Uh, the tap control is awesome, solid state drive. Uh, there's nothing better than the Even Heat. I am uh, on board with Even Heat all the way. So go check out your next Even Heat oven at evenheat-kiln.com. And if you're in Australia, go check out my friends over at Nordic Edge. That's at Nordic underscore Edge. Nordic Edge makes pro tools for knife makers in Australia. They are also the guys behind the original file guide and the, with the screw-on carbides. Made from non-magnetic stainless steel, they'll never rust, and the steel dust won't stick to it. They are awesome, and they will be at Blade Show as well. My friend uh, J- uh, my friend Jamie, Sausage Man Forge, will be over there. And if you are over at the Blade Show, go definitely say hi to him for us. Uh, they are. He will have big Mert file guides. He will have uh, tang hole brooches. Nordic Edge makes uh, tang hole brooches. Those are awesome. And the and the beveling table. They are at table five one five t fifteen t. So go check out my friends over at Nordic Edge. Go say hi to uh, go say hi to Jamie for me. And uh, many thanks to those guys for everything. Uh, and if you're in Australia, go to Nor- um, Maritime Knife Supply. That's MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca for all your knife-making needs, belts, abrasives, steels, kilns, forges, presses, heat treating of examples. Anything you need to get started or resupplied, they're in Canada, but they ship to the United States with ease, and you can take advantage of the exchange rate for sure. They have a lot of growing steel selection, and Lawrence is the man. If you get any of your abrasives, if you get a 10-pack, you will get 10% off uh, of the 10-pack. So go check out Maritime Knife Supply. 
Uh, they have the TR Maker stuff. Anything you think you need or you want, go give Lawrence a call and maybe he'll get you squared away. And if you're in the United States, they're going to get it as fast as anybody else. So definitely check them out. Next are my friends at Trojan Horse Forge, makers of the Stable Rail Knife Finishing Vices. These are vices built in the heart of Texas. And these vices are designed to take your handle finishing to a whole new level with features you won't find anywhere else, like plates that bolt on so you can hand sand. It goes all the way around, and you can use it to switch uh, when you're carving uh, and sanding your handle. You can use that. Um, it is a, it is a perfect, it's the perfect vehicle for getting your knives finished at a comfortable way to the next level. So go check out Trojan Horse Forge. They offer payment plans to TrojanHorseForge.com. They are making new uh, vices as we speak. Sometimes they... Hot ticket item, ladies and gentlemen. It's a hot ticket item. So sometimes it doesn't go, sometimes in or out. And if they're out, you're going to have to wait. So definitely go check out what's going on over at Trojan Horse Forge. And if we're going to make knives, why don't we put a little razzle dazzle into our knives? Go get yourself some of that Baker Forge, Baker Forge and Tool, BakerForge.com, Baker Forge and Tool on Instagram. They are making incredible steals. Uh, if you're a knife maker looking for high quality, beautiful crafted Damascus materials, take your creations to the next level. Baker Forge and Tool is dedicated to producing top of the line pattern welded steels and materials for knife makers. This stuff is awesome. Copper my, bronze my, tiger my. It has easy cores like ADCRV2, super easy to work with. All the steel comes annealed, easy if you're doing stock removal, it's perfect for you. Uh, it's super easy to use, and they have an etchant that I'll talk about next week because my daughter's here, and, you know, at, at some point I have to have – Koi, I'll get you next week. Don't worry about that. So definitely for if – you're, if you're using anything from Baker Forge and Tool at BakerForge.com, put in the promo code FULLBLAST, and you will get 10% off all of your stuff. And if you're in Europe, go check out DIY Europe, and they have all that etchant. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Lyle, you don't know what we're talking about, do you? No. Okay, good. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> you know what etching is, Lyle? No. Okay, don't worry about it. We'll talk. It's it's basically the stuff. You know the you know the Damascus stuff I bring home sometimes? Yeah. So there's a high there's a black colored lines and then there's the silver colored lines. Right. So the silver is high nickel and it's resistant to ferric chloride and then the the black stuff is what gets eaten away. Okay. Right, so he, they make an etchant for, for, for doing that. It's specially formulated. Okay, that's have you cool. heard? You don't know the name, do you? Mm, is it, is it Gator Piss? Yes, it is Gator Piss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it certainly is, guys. So if you okay. want to get yourself some, see, she knows something. She knows something. This kid learned something. <laughs> so if you want to get a little Gator Piss, go to DIYEurope.eu. Get yourself some gator piss over in, over in Europe. They might not know about alligators, but they sure do know about piss. So get yourself some of that gator <laughs> piss. Get yourself some of that gator piss and tell those sons of bitches to give you 10% off by using full blast. I mean, we're in it now, right, Lie? We're in it now. So get yourself some of that good stuff and over at Baker Forge. Uh, next is Total Boat. Total Boater. They make adhesive paints, primers, polishing compounds for boaters, boaters and DIYers. They understand they need your projects to go smoothly. That's why they're constantly finding new ways to make their original products better and easier to use. They have awesome two-part epoxy. So they started out making stuff for boaters and uh, DIYers. You know, you got to make sure you you got a hole in your boat. You got to stick something in it to make sure it don't. <laughs> Hey yo! <laughs> hey yo! Wait a second. Hey, you gotta put some in it. Make sure it stays afloat. 
Get them, you get some of that two-part epoxy and shove it in there. Jesus then, Christ. It's flax. Just go with the program. Just go with the program. You use some of that total boat, and then all of a sudden we're squared away. And I tell you what, they, they fix your boat up with that total boat. Perfect. I tell you what, Lyle, I don't know if you know about this, but there's some of these makers. They, they've been using this total boat too. And we have one friend of ours. His name is Jimmy Duresta. And what he does is he's taking some, some like, mummified animals and stuffing it in a box and then filling it with <laughs> filling it with, with total boat and then all of a sudden he making sculpture it's like Whoa. the monolith with the total boat Jeez. hey listen if it's good enough for him it's good enough for you make your boat float make your knives stick together don't worry about that i've been using it for i've been using it for uh handle scales and it's been awesome so definitely go check out total boat and if you use this if you use this if you go to to totalboat.com slash full blast you will get a discount and that will be supporting this podcast definitely go get yourself some of that total boat i've been using it strictly for knives most knife makers haven't been really learned knowing about uh, what's been going on with total boat but they have been i've been using it uh, exclusively since january and i really like the i really like the way it works and they also have dyes and stuff like that so if you're a knife maker and you want to try something new get yourself some of that total boat okay and last but not least, I want to thank my friends at GL Hansen and Sons. That's G dot L dot underscore Hansen and Sons. They make the great uh, G Carta, which is like my Carta. It's a very high, colorful comp, um, composite of made of natural fibers and fabrics mixed with epoxy, and it's under pressure and heat. And you get all this all get all this stuff. They got some names, Lila. They got some names. One called one's called Bofa. One's called, <laughs> It's called Ripple Cut, Tuxini by Mickey, Mahi Mahi, Radio Worm Jakarta, the Pheasant by Mi- Mi- Mickey. We got Colorama and Hoopla. Now I think that it's Bofa. I, it could be Bufa, but I don't, I don't know. You, you know, I think we know what's what. So get yourself some of that uh, Jakarta. If you go to jakarta.bigcartel.com, it'll put some razzle dazzle in your stuff. If you want some handle material, that's really kind of something special. Get yourself some of that Jakarta from my friends at GL Hanson Sons. Okay, we've had enough laughs. All right, well, what we all been waiting for? What I've been waiting for quite a long time. My daughter, my daughter Lila is here. Lila is eighteen, got a driver's license. Congratulations! She's I don't know if you can say congratulations yet, but she's just about to finish senior year. Yep. Lila Fader, how are you? I'm great. I'm I'm very happy to be on the podcast. We've been talking about this for a long time, so yeah. I'm really excited. I think it's gonna be fun. Well, I, you know, I, the thing is, is like I wanted to have you on earlier, but I felt like I kind of feel like you need less pressure. I feel like this year yeah. there's been a lot of pressure on you. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's about to be summer, you know, a lot to talk about. How yeah. much longer, how many more classes do you have? I have six more days of school and six then, months. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the chances of you bombing are very slim. Very slim. You'd have to do something ridiculous to not get Yeah. Hurt. Okay, good. So so don't do <laughs> don't do anything ridiculous. I won't tank. <laughs> don't tank. Yeah, that's that's been uh that's my you know, with between your mother and I, I'm not the academic. Let's just mm-hmm. let's just cut the let's just say it the way it is. And when you got when you got into school, you got into a college, the first choice college, we were talking about that. The only advice I had was don't tank. And I stupidly said it to your college advisor. And that's all he says to you now, right? Yeah, he sees me in the hallway all the time. And he's like, what's up? Don't tank. And that's it. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> so are you excited about going to college? 
I'm so excited. I feel like I'm, it's been such a long time, especially like in my sophomore year, I basically spent the whole year at home doing online school. So like now that I have my driver's license and I'm an adult now, sort of like, I, I feel like I'm entering a new stage in my life and it's going to be even more like adult-like and, and different when I go to college. Yeah. Would you say that you felt more freedom when you got accepted by college or when you got your driver's license? Oh, that's a really good question. I think when I got my driver's license, I think, yeah, I think my driver's license, because all of a sudden it's like, I can go out and what, what are you guys going to do? I don't have to ask for rides anymore. It's, okay, it's really you nice. said it, you said that in a way that was just like <laughs> I can go out and what are you gonna do about it? I was just like, hey, oh yeah, well, watch out. But, I know. mean, I mean, maybe not like that, but I mean, I I got into college early, so I still had the whole school year to go, so it didn't feel that free. But now, like since I know where I'm going and I'm like confirmed, I feel a lot more freedom from that. I would say the college experience was was the the I remember I think your mother and I started talking about college and freshman year freshman year yeah and I know that when you got into high school they wanted us to go to a prep I went to uh one of the meetings about getting your kid ready for high school or college and I remember it being stressful to you very mm-hmm. stressful to you to the point where this is pre-pandemic right before the pandemic and I remember you saying to mom I just don't want to talk about this right now yeah what was going on then that made you just kind of not excited? Because we're living in a small town. Obviously, right. we're, we're in Peekskill. We're 40 minutes by train into the city. You do need a car to kind of get around a little bit if you want. But, I mean, you can make it happen. But what was it about the thought of college that made you not want to talk about it? Well, I think specifically my freshman year, like, I had had such – a better experience experience in like the first couple months my freshman year compared to like middle school that I was so happy to you know be with my friends and like I my classes weren't very serious so it was it was just like it was too much for me to even think about having to leave that and then mm. like trying to take all these tests and like AP classes and college classes and SATs and ACTs it, it was just so overwhelming. I just didn't want to do it at all. And um, I really remember that. And I, I just don't think I realized, like, how many opportunities were avail- available to me through college or, like, past high school. Like, I just I couldn't see that at all. Um, but, you know, once the pandemic hit and I didn't really, beyond my classes, there wasn't much to do. I feel like that's when the college search kind of began. And I think I, I found more options and just like a lot more like it looked like something to look forward to it wasn't as scary you know because mm. it was quite a transition like i seem to remember yeah. you're know, just talking to your mom and being like she doesn't want to talk about college at all just not i remember she's well you know we got to start talking about sats and where she wants to go and it does take you know you can't just like think about it at the last minute it, right especially yeah. if you want to go to the place you want to go to it does take and I give your mother a lot of credit because yes, she definitely. really, your mother really kind of like She was really on top training. of it. Yeah. Oh, dude, definitely. Your like, your mother, she's listening to this, by the way, too. I just to let you know. I know that she is. <laughs> so I'm going to make sure. But I mean, there is nobody who's more, who got you correct yeah. in terms of like giving you all the opportunities available than your mom. 
Yeah, I, I entirely agree. Yeah. When you decided that you kind of wanted to look at colleges in California, why originally did you want to look at California? Um, well, I think that when I started look, yeah, like when I started looking at colleges, it was, you know, virtual school or whatever. I think I really just wanted to be somewhere different. And I remember something that like, I really wanted to experience was living in a new place and mm. not being so like comfortable. You know mm. what I mean? Like I, I felt like I had like a really big safety net being at home because, you know, we, we know everyone in this town and like we, ha we have some family here and obviously you guys. And I think that I wanted to have an experience where I kind of didn't have anything. Right. Um, which I think it's just, I, I was in an extreme. What are, what, are what are you touching? Don't touch anything. The window's open. Should I close it? Yeah, close the window. Okay, all right. What are you, crazy? What is going on in there? Jeez. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Thank you. It's okay. So you see, what, sorry for reprimanding you. That was really, you know, I don't normally reprimand my, uh, my guests, but you know, but, eh, you know what I do? I take it back. I totally <laughs> reprimand my guests. So you were saying you didn't, you didn't want that safety net. That, that's kind yeah. of a brave thing, don't you think? Well, yeah, I think I was in like an extreme where I relied on you guys so much. Like there's, there's nothing for me to do that. I think I, I just like kind of swung the opposite way and was like, I want to be able to do everything on my own. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. I think that's a pretty amazing. I remember, you know, I, you know, let's face it. I wasn't, I, I wanted you to stay in New York. And I think the reason why I wanted you to stay in New York is I think that you and I are so similar. And I felt as though, I felt as though I wanted you to have the experience I had of kind of growing up in New York City. You know, yeah. and I think that, and I think that it, the re, the original reasoning was I, cause I know you so well that I thought like she would really appreciate this. And I, and I want to apologize because it really was unfair of me to kind of put the, I don't know if I did any guilt trips. I don't know if I was past aggressive at all, but if I was, I apologize. <laughs> I, I, I think that my reasoning wasn't correct. And it was like, I didn't really, I wasn't listening to you. I mean, I don't blame, I mean, okay. Well, going back to the like New York experience. I wanted that so bad for yeah. a long time. Like I really, I really wish that I, I grew up in the city. Like I love hearing your stories and stuff, and I, I love the city. But um, I mean, I I understand why you wanted me to stay. I still love it, but I obviously I accept your apology. I don't think it was that crazy. Yeah. Um, I hard sold I, you. I was like, I, I took you, you tried. <laughs> you <laughs> fucking tried. <laughs> I, I mean, I went nuts. We went to NYU. It was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> what do you remember? Me, what do you remember me doing? I mean, to... I just remember like mom and I had visited the schools in LA and then we came back and last summer you and I were looking at the schools in uh, New York and I was like, I probably won't like any of these. I probably won't like it, whatever. And then all of a sudden, you kept being like, wow, like you could imagine yourself. Like You go to the bodega, you get a bacon, bacon, cheese, you go to your classes. And all of a sudden, I hear like this little voice being like, maybe I should consider it. And then I, I, you got right in my head, but it's okay. Are you, are you saying right it now? It worked a little bit. Are you saying right now that I almost had you? You did almost have me. You yes. did never. This is the first time I hear. It. I thought. I thought it was like because I was. I constantly would ask you, 
give me your ranks in schools and you give me your ranks and we'd go to I remember going in I remember we went to some really lousy schools like yeah. it was like I was really like this could be great and I was like this is going to suck and then <laughs> yeah. I remember NYU and Columbia were so amazing and at, at, at first I thought one of the things that you did that I thought was really smart was you liked Columbia but you said you didn't want the pressure of having to be at Columbia yeah I loved Columbia honestly like that I mean that campus is just like amazing yeah. But, I mean, even when we did the tour, do you remember they were doing the tour and they were talking about how extensive their research program was? And I was the only one. I was like, do we have to do that? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, is this mandatory? (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, in the tour, like, all the other kids were, like, you know, just smart asses. And it was, you know. Do you remember that one family? who was saying, well, what if I, what if my daughter wants to do a double major? <laughs> yeah. And, and then I, you, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell the story. You're like, I'm going to ask them, what if my daughter wants to do a triple major? <laughs> <laughs> I just was so infuriated that this father would be so obnoxious in it front was of like, people. Come you, on. You're kidding. You don't be, don't be kidding. Isn't even the school yet. And all of a sudden you're declaring, you know, they're her genius. And I was just like, <laughs> just step back, ask a question, ask where the laundromat is. You know, ask, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, what time, ask what time the, you know, it's like, how do you get the blue baskets to move into the dorm? Don't, yeah, ask exactly, about, don't, exactly. don't, talk, don't declare your major when you're visiting a school. That's, yeah. that's JV. There, there is some like, some serious peacocking it was, oh, it was crazy that was a reason enough not to go can you yeah, can just imagine so annoying. oh god i really liked nyu a lot and a lot of it was because i i just know that area so well and yeah. um but at the same time like i really did i i did hard sell i hard sell nyu very hard but at the same time i made a decision that that it, it that it's not for me it's it's you should just you know you should go where you want and, and i'm very grateful that you were strong enough and brave enough to make the decision you, you for yourself i'm also very impressed with how organized you are in terms of getting all the things you needed done done uh, i give your mother a lot of credit for that she really yeah. kind of helped you in terms of organizing and organizing yourself and just being disciplined um yeah well, i remember when you guys went to uh um uh, California and I went you visited like four or five schools or something like that yeah that was the first time I felt really empty nest syndrome like really that's the worst that was the of all of it that was by far the worst the worst I felt I felt like it was like a homesick feeling you know that homesick feeling yeah just like you you could feel homesick in your own home you know it's Mm -hmm. that feeling of just like and I just remember you guys were gone and you guys were having a great time and it was like it hit me like a ton of bricks and I got over it, and but it was very like, it was weird. It was super weird. I didn't expect it to be as weird as it was. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah I, I mean, was... even when mom and I were there, um, I remember feeling like really homesick too. I mean, that was that's the first. That's one of the few times I've been to California, and like that time, the the point of the trip was like looking for right. where I'll spend the next four years or so. And it, it hit me, too. It was really emotional. Um, yeah. Well, how do you feel? Uh, so let's just take it back to uh, – I want to I wanna do a couple takebacks. But one of the takebacks is, is take me back to you decide – you make the decision to apply early, which is, which is tricky 
because mm-hmm. the tricky part is, is if you get in, that's it. Com- complete right. commitment. It was a smart move on your part because apparently this year there's a lot of people being waitlisted from schools. Yeah. Yeah. This year it was really, I think it was really difficult. I mean, it was, it was tough. A lot of my friends applied to like 20 plus schools and you know, so many kids are doing that this year because it's been so weird for college admissions since COVID that, like, so many people are applying that they can only accept a certain amount, you know, so you you end up applying to schools you don't necessarily want to go to, but then you don't get in anywhere. But this is a kind of a golden age, too, for applications because SATs aren't required. Yeah, that is for true. a lot of these schools. I mean, like... Columbia and Harvard and all these Ivy Leaguers, they're gonna they ain't doing that move. But I mean, like, yeah, the fact that they you could you could you don't have to submit your your SATs, that all of a sudden opens up colleges to a lot of other people who might yeah not do as well. Definitely, and that's also like I think probably why it was so difficult the past couple of years. But I mean, it was it was great for me. I oh yeah, that. I think I think that I mean, look, let's not say that they, just because you applied early, that's the reason why you got on. I mean, your grades were very good. You're number six in your class. Yeah. And you're, you have a lot going on, and you're a great candidate, for sure, 100%. Take me back to the day, the acceptance. Take me back to the week. Take me back to the oh. week of when you found out, when you were supposed to find out if you were accepted or not. Take me back oh to that. Oh, my God. Okay, so I remember I applied early, but I also submitted my deadline. Oops, pardon me, pardon me. Sorry. That, ladies and gentlemen, that was Hudson Avenue. Yeah, that's Hudson Avenue. Um. So I applied early, but I also submitted my application like a few days before the deadline. So I was very early. And then I think the decision was going to come out in like December, like between our birthdays. And I mean, I just remember being an anxious wreck. It was every time we all were sitting together for dinner, whatever. It was, you know, talk about college. What are the chances? What are the odds? What do you think? I I mean, it it was it was crazy. But then I think the decision came out a few days before it was supposed to. I, no, I thought it was supposed to come out the day it came. I mean, it came out the day I because I remember the day that it came out and it was like it came we out were like all nervous a wrecks. little early. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, we got it on on film. Yeah. That that was that was unbelievable. Like I really. I at first I I was really overconfident. I think that I would get in. Maybe not overconfident. No, you were not. But I originally I was like I'm probably gonna get in. And then as the time grew on, I was like fuck. Like this isn't. I was you know. I, I don't know. I wasn't so sure. And then it was it was a it was a really rewarding moment. It it was one of those moments where it was like the past three years and all these goddamn classes and tests and all the bullshit like. This is what it was for. It was like sweet, sweet victory. Yeah, it was. I, I tell you what, I, I remember when we were, mom and I were walking the dogs that day, the day we were finding, and we were, we were talking like, they said, I think they said it was a specific, I don't remember the specific day, but it was a specific time you're going to find out by like yeah. seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was about five, and your mom and I were walking the dogs, and you were, you were doing something. And Hillary says to me, she goes, well, what are we going to do if she doesn't get in? And I thought, I said, or, or you know what? I could have said the same thing. I, I don't, one of us was just like, well, we, we just brought this top, topic up. Or, I said, she's going to be devastated. I mean, this is like, this is her number one choice to the point where she wanted to apply early. And I just remember, I remember thinking, I don't know how to, cons- I wouldn't know how to console you 
for if it, for that type of disappointment. I, I honestly know. thought this is going to be one of those things that's going to be so difficult to console you because you were so dead set on the school yep. and so dead set on going there and so dead set and for a, over a year. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like I felt as though it was like putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, and, exactly. And that basket was the basket of your happiness. And it was so overwhelming to me and to your mother of like, is victory or nothing? It was, yep. it was almost unreasonable. <laughs> it was unreasonable to feel as though we're putting everything into this one situation. Yeah. I, I, I remember like getting the acceptance and it, it felt like we all had gotten in yeah. or like we all won something amazing. Yeah. It was like, like I, I just remember the weeks leading up to it. The house was just so tense. It tense. was like, yeah. what is going to happen? But, you know, it's you know, just like you got to trust in the process. That's I think that's what I learned. Well, you know what the funny thing is, is like we come from totally different generations. And my family was very dismissive of my feelings, especially my feelings towards college. And, I th- and you know, there were some people in my family who felt, I'm not going to say names, but they felt that they got me into college, which was really kind of like v- the fact that up. I got into college was, it was my, you know, this one person's, you know, one person's whatever. Like and favor. They made it, it, it was, it felt, it felt as though somebody had done it, done me a favor and, yeah. and it wasn't like getting me on, eating on my merits. And the other thing was, was there was always this feeling of you just, you know, that I wasn't smart enough to do mostly anything. And a lot of times, like, my dad would say to me, like, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, or you're just saying words that come out of your, your mouth, and you don't think, and you don't know what you're talking. There was a lot of, like, dismissiveness. And I think that for you to get into the college that you wanted, and so being surprised by the amount of merit scholarship that they offered on the sh- right in that left acceptance letter, it wasn't just you got accepted. Yeah. They gave you up ton of money they gave you like wait like they gave you so much money that i was just we were like my your mother and i were like whoa like this yeah. was not expected whatsoever and it's based no. on your merit it was such a validation for the person that you are and i was so proud of you because you did it all we never had to mom and i never had to tell you time to do your homework there's only one time there's only one time back in the day you got some, you got some baloney. <laughs> I don't know, it was a baloney Spanish quiz or you got some bad. You got some bad. It was, I think, I felt like it was Spanish. Maybe. And you were in the living. You were very young. You were in the living room and you were stomping your feet on the ground. You were throwing yourself <laughs> around and I thought, I thought to myself, you were very young. I thought to myself, your mother and I were like, this is gonna be a long, gonna be a long road if this is the way <laughs> it's gonna be. But you know that that was the only time that ever happened. But the amazing thing was, it was a complete validation of all your hard work. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I remember not even being sure if I was going to be able to go there. I was ready to start looking at other schools. I I think I had already, like, started making my, uh, like, uh, my, what is it? Second choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had started writing other applications for schools. And then getting back, like, an acceptance letter and then, I mean, I basically got a whole year of college paid off, yeah. more or less. For that merit. was just for like... your merit. You yeah. You know, you didn't even apply. I and mean, we didn't apply yeah. for it. You, that was... Your merit was... Right. Was a, that's got to feel pretty good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was, like, blown away. But, you know, I really do attribute, like, my hardworking, um, like, behaviors, I guess, to you and mom. I mean, 
no one else is more hardworking than you guys. And you've, I feel like you guys have really shown me, like, even with your podcast, like, you tell me, you know, like, every week you write your notes, and I see you doing all your stuff for it, and, you know, I spent some time with you in the shop, and you had your, your systems that I feel like, um, you and mom really showed me how you, how you, like, function, and, like, how you Mm. get things done, and make your, like, what you want to do, make it into an action, you know, and, yeah. Well, you're very sweet. Let me tell you something. Not, you weren't just validated and confident when you got into college. I was the most arrogant. I was so arrogant <laughs> when, you got in. when you got in. It was just like, no one can tell me anything, anything. Yeah. No one, everyone shut the fuck up. You come to me. You don't tell me how it is. I tell you how it is. I was, there was this moment of like, I just, I wanted to like, go to my dad's grave, dig him up, and, like, fucking shake his <laughs> phones. I'll just be like, listen, you do, I, I do know what I'm talking about. You, you, you know, you, all this, you know, lack of confidence, is, was, it was an incredible, I mean, it was an incredibly emotional experience, but I got, like, I had, like, two weeks of being, like, unreasonable. I unreasonable. I was super unreasonable. <laughs> I, I remember as soon as I got accepted, I feel like the the next step was when – don't tank came into play well yeah we were like you know yeah you're in now yeah you're in now don't don't fuck it up <laughs> don't tank was definitely part of it but listen i wanted to talk to you about something that i think is kind of i wonder do you do you did you feel when you were younger did you feel confident about things yeah yeah i mean really? like yeah i think well you know, middle school is just like a motherfuck, but <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> but like, I, you know, I, I feel Welcome like I, <laughs> I was always pretty confident in you know elementary school, and I did like I performed in like the school stuff, and I, I did all that. I felt like I had a lot of like self, self assuredness for a long time. I guess, I guess I want you know, swimming is such a huge part of who you are. Yeah. And I say I say that because I feel as though I mean bringing this to the maker community there's a lot of people who are naturally talented at doing things. And they're naturally talented, naturally gifted, but without the discipline they don't really kind of make it happen. And what you did with the swimming was pretty extraordinary and I, just to take you back uh, you know when you were very young we stick you to the pool and we you know got you swimming and then we found out that this the town had a swim team like a summer swim team and mm-hmm. you were one of the youngest you were like six i think and you and and some of your friends were on it and the funny thing is is when you were the youngest you're now your swim coach is was was a senior on that team yeah. and you guys were on the same team and i remember those beginning years of you not naturally being great like mm-hmm. great enough to you weren't get you were getting a lot of fourth places a lot of fifth places yeah and it was very disappointing i remember you being very very disappointed yeah you remember that i do yeah yeah it took you a long time like a long i'm talking from six seven eight nine ten eleven so by the time you got to eighth grade how old were you in eighth grade you think um, I can't, like 12 12 when you're about 12 yeah. so, so six years of swim swim summer swim of like really not getting any i think you got one first place before you got on the varsity team i remember Maybe. there was an opportunity miss yolanda wonderful miss yolanda had said to me that lila could if she because she knew our family she knew our family through the summer swim team she said that you know you could join the varsity swim team in the eighth grade 
and it would you'd be young and you have no to in the seventh grade in the seventh grade sorry sorry your highness sorry. all right <laughs> all right come on now <laughs> I, mean, I, I gotta be right i gotta be you're right you're right you joined it in the seventh grade and you i remember when you had the when we broached when we came with the opportunity for you to join this the varsity team in the seventh grade what did you think uh, I, I think originally, I mean, I don't really remember, but I guess I wasn't super into it, but, no, you weren't. um, I mean, yeah, well, I, I remember like, um, one day after school, like I was in the middle school and I saw the swim team, like before their practice. And I remember seeing a lot of kids that I really looked up to on that team. And I think that really made me want to try. And a lot of my older friends who were on the team, you know, like Marley, she was, she was really, um supportive and told me to try out and miss yolanda really like she she told me that she thought i could do it i think that gave me a lot of confidence to try and yeah because you had to it was not just like if you're in if you're in high school you can try out but i mean to try out for as being in middle school what did you have to do to try out didn't you have to like do like a million sit-ups and stuff <laughs> i mean well yeah so in the high school you don't have to try out for varsity swim but in the middle school, to try out for a varsity sport, for swimming, it was you had to swim, like, 20 laps in under, like, 15 minutes. Um, and then it's you have to do, like, running sprint tests. You have to hit, like, certain times. I think there was, like, a push-up test, maybe. It was, yeah. like, you know, that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I remember doing it with some of my friends, and not a lot of people passed. Right, but I passed. Well, you know. So when you got on the swim on the on the varsity swim team the first year, you were in seventh grade or eighth grade. I was in seventh grade. Were you nervous the first time you went to practice? Because now all remember... of a sudden you're swimming with eighteen year olds. Yeah, I don't remember the first practice, but I do remember the first meet. And I remember being in a relay, and I was like second or third, and I was behind another girl on my team who was eighteen. And she <laughs> was she was an adult. She was a grown woman, and yeah. I was like a tiny little girl. It was like, it it was. <laughs> I mean, like even this past year, now I'm 18, and there are some some little squirts on the team. You know, like it. That's the weird thing about varsity sports is you're like you're swimming against adults when you're yeah. literally a child. Well, what did were you nervous the first meet? Because it's yeah. totally different from. I mean, because you've had all that experience of just coming in fourth and fifth in the summer swim. Right. What was it like that first meet? Were you scared? Well, I think after like passing the test, I was like, yeah, like I I earned my spot on the team. And I mean, I don't, I wasn't, I wasn't racking in the first places. I wasn't racking in the third places in my first year, but. Um, I think I, I just really loved it. Like, I really loved my team. Nikki Brady is my coach. She's been my coach for the past, what, like, As long six as you've been years? on the team. Yeah. Um, I just, it was just, like, really fun. I, I was around, like, older people. It was so exciting. They were all in high school. I'd never been to the high school. Um, I just loved it. I don't, I don't even think I cared about how fast I was going. I just had, like, a great time. That, those girls on the varsity swim team were so supportive. And yeah. that was one of the experiences that I think was so pivotal to who you are. And a lot of it's because you really, it really took a long time for you to get great and, yeah. and, and like get great in terms of like your own personal bests. And the crazy thing is, is, you know, when did you, what was your, when you were starting out, what was your stroke and what did you want to do? Well, all right. So 
I I was I did a lot of breaststroke and then you know I did freestyle or whatever. But what Nikki had us do, my swim coach, is she had every meet someone had to swim the five hundred. And, and how many laps is the five hundred? That's twenty laps Oy. consecutively. Oy. Obviously. Okay. Um. All right. And <laughs> if if you think you'd enjoy it, you probably would not. And I'm sure you're not shocked to hear it, but. Anyways, so no one wanted to do it. I mean, it's understandable. But anyways, so she would, she'd have a rotation, and she would just, like, randomly select one person to s- swim at every meet just to, like, fill up the lanes. Because, you know, if, if someone swims in, you know, in the race, then you, you get points, whatever. So um, I think I was, like, one of the first people on the rotation to do it. And then after that, no one else swam it but me. Wow. And um, the first one, I think I swam was probably close to fifteen minutes, between ten and fifteen, which, um, if you don't know, it's like pretty slow. But um, my personal best was around seven minutes, which I hit this year. I think. The crazy part about the five hundred is, is if you're having a hard time with it, you are in the water by yourself. For a long time. Yeah. I mean. Where people start clapping. You know, yes. Like rooting you on. And oh. It's, <laughs> it's the fucking worst <laughs> ever. The worst thing is when you're last place and you can see on the wall, all the swimmers are hanging on the wall and they're like waiting for you to finish their clapping. You hear these slow like claps and then you're like, oh, fuck. Like I have like four more laps to go. Oh. And, Oh, ah. it's it is it is the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst. And I mean, it's it's so long. You it's you're in the water for you know ten minutes just swimming. And everyone's waiting for you to finish. Yes, everyone wants to be gone. Every you know, it's oh. it's. Sucks. How many of those had you had you have? Did you have? Uh, I had quite a few my first year. Quite a few, probably all of them. And how did you feel when you got out of the water? Like. I, I, it's, it's a, ugh, I don't know. I remember just being like, fuck, like, I hate this. I don't know why I have to keep doing it. <laughs> like, I'd be like, oh my fucking God, like, can anyone else do this? And no one wanted to, but it's okay. So at what, what do you think your turning point was where all of a sudden, cause there was this really remarkable turning point where you really started to kind of get your stride in. And then you went from like one of the slowest swimmers to, now finishing off the year you you placed didn't you place in the in yeah, your division yeah i placed i placed number 13 in our division that's amazing yeah pretty good do you, how did that make you feel cuz it's been a long road i mean you like i said you weren't naturally gifted yeah. but it took you a lot of hard work and energy and time it yeah. took you time think about it from 6 to 18 that's you know, 12, 12 years. years 12 years to get like to get to that point that must have been a pretty, pretty, pretty validating. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I've also, like, I've been on, you know, two teams, I guess, for a long time with a lot of people. And you, you see how people change over the year. And, I mean, I did all the, like, the Patriots, the, like, the club swimming, all right. that stuff. And it, I remember it being really hard, but it 
you know, it was something that I really worked for. I really, I really wanted to beat my times. I was really determined, especially last year. I, I had like very big aspirations for my times and it really paid off. I think I just wanted it, you know? I think the interesting thing is there was one moment where I thought, I think it was last year, where I was really trying to say to you, look, if you really want to do Patriots again, and Patriots is a, is, a, is a club team where they swim every night and they get, I mean, these kids are brutalized. <laughs> they're brutalized. People. <laughs> they are like, they are doing laps and they're getting yelled at and they're getting like, I mean, but they are elite. Like anybody. It's like, club... it's like the pipe way, pipeline from like um, high school varsity swimming to like college level. Right. Yeah. Because the girls who, who did, you know, club swim who are on the varsity team, we're monsters. Yeah, we're monsters. they were, they were record breakers. Record I mean, breakers. I remember being in seventh grade on the team, and um, one of my teammates beat like a couple school records, and that was really amazing. Yeah. Did you ever think that was it too much? Because that's part of my reasoning why I thought maybe you were so devoted to kind of like doing well for school. I felt like it was almost it would have been too much for you. Yeah, I I agree. I I last year. My junior year, I was really into swimming. I think I was even considering going back to Patriots, but, I mean, it's just so intense. And I didn't plan on swimming in college, so I just didn't really think it was worth it. But uh, I definitely think it would have been really, really hard to do both. Do you have any regrets? About high school? About swimming. Swimming? I mean, I when I was like... Because you're not going to swim in college. I mean, you're going to swim recreationally. I hope right. you keep swimming recreationally. But, I mean, do you have any regrets that you maybe you could have you thought about it? I mean, when I was a seventh grader, I really wanted to beat a record, but I, it just, I don't think it would have happened. If I, maybe if I had done Patriots, like, starting in seventh grade, and I did it, you know, consecutively until hmm. now, I maybe could have. But the school record's like five minutes, and I, I don't know. I for, wanted for it, but I didn't want it. Yeah, I didn't want it that bad, you know. Mm. But I, I don't regret anything. I I really put everything out there at our championships, and I made my best time for almost every race that I swam. So I was I was really proud of that. So your senior year was your best your best times. Uh yeah, probably. Well, also my junior year, like championships were really tough for me, and I got out during my five hundred race, which was. Do you want I've to never talk about that, that at all? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. So championships is basically the end of the swimming season. All the teams that you've gone against get together, and it's it's a giant uh, swim meet. So basically, everyone, every person from every team is ranked by their fastest time. And then you swim in, like, a heat of, like, maybe eight people, and you're all swim that race, and then that's where you get, you know, like that's for like scholarships when you're like a senior you know so your goal is to hit your best time and I remember last year I had started off the season just like amazing times like this this always happens to me but I start off the season doing really strong and you know going very fast and then as it goes on I must just get really tired or like just stressed say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points 
rates to line their pockets. The Durban Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall Credit Card Bill. And then um, I was getting like slower. And I was really stressed because I really wanted to break seven minutes and go like 650 or something in the 500. And then I just got to the race. I was in the water and I flip turned wrong and I started choking on the water a little bit. And oh. I was so scared. And I just got out. And I think it was the accumulation of stress about, you know, like, I think I was about to take my SATs at the time, too. So I was I was just really stressed. And I I felt like I was letting my team down, letting myself down. And I got out. And it was, it was really tough. That was really tough. And, yeah. and, and, and your coach wasn't very happy with you. I mean, I don't think she wasn't happy, but I, it was it was shocking. Like I've I've never done that before. I think we were all expecting. I wasn't expecting to get out, you know. Mm. But then this year I had a comeback, and that that honestly meant more to me than breaking my time, you know. Yeah. Like I f completed the race. That was like I remember being on the block and being like, "This is like I just got to complete it, and then that'll be I'll have redeemed myself." And then I I ended up placing third overall in the entire division for the 500 which was amazing like i was i was ecstatic i remember when your mom and i were standing up on the deck watching and i remember your mom saying to me because your mom was at that at the yeah. where you got out of the water which must have been very also i mean you've been at it for quite a while but it must have been very shocking for someone to see you just like stopping mid-race and getting yeah. out like yeah that. and i remember her saying to me i really just hope she doesn't like she doesn't have like a, a lapse or I don't, I hope that doesn't happen again. Or she was really worried that you were going to have some, like, like the yips almost, you know, yeah, yeah. like, like I, I think that that was, that was one of those things that, um, that was a really, that was an amazing day. And I remember that meet and I remember that when you placed and I remember being like, wow, what a, what a comeback, what a comeback yeah. from like, just like, I mean, you just had a thing. You just had a thing the year before you just stopped, yep. you know? Yeah. So it was, it was great. So swimming was the last year was a success. You're leaving it behind with fond memories, no regrets. Captain the swim team three years in a row. Correct. High, you know, high honors. Yes. What made you decide to play flag football? Okay. Because I... you, because you, we asked, because the the the, the, uh, the admissions director last year or the uh, athletic director says. Hey, you think Lila wants to play another sport? I'm like, I asked. You're just like, no, I don't want to play another sport. I've had enough. I got enough to do. What made you decide to play flag football? Well, good question. Hmm. Well, I remember going to a game last year, and at first I was like, fucking flag football. Like, that sounds awful. And <laughs> <laughs> I went to a game, and our team just got crushed. But I was like, this looks kind of fun. And, you know, some of my friends are on it, and, uh, I had spent the year before, like, not really doing much after swimming, and I, I didn't really, like, I just did school and, you know, music, play bass, um, 
And I, I think I just wanted something else to do. And then the other thing I'm remembering now is that I remember in the beginning of my senior year being like, I want to get as much out of public education from this school as I possibly can. Because mm. I've been in this district since kindergarten, and I'm graduating from the same school as a senior, which is not super common in this district. So I was kind of like, I just want to hit it all my senior year. So after swimming, I did uh, indoor track in the winter to get in shape for flag football. I really okay, just threw okay. shot put. It was fucking... <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay, anyways, okay. anyways. And then <laughs> I, I tried what out for... What do we for... call it? The put shot or we call it something else? Shot, <laughs> yeah. putting shot. Putting the shot. Shot some put or something. Like I don't remember that. The yeah. Shot put me. Um, it's, uh, okay, whatever. okay, okay, okay. And then um, I... Well, the coach had some some like classes on you know training for flag football and stuff um good old coach tone and um yeah, and then i i, I, I tried coaches. out i was it was really intense it was like it it was actually really intimidating um it was like a three-day tryout process and they were like we want dogs on this team. Like, we don't want girls. We want dogs. And I was <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm a dog. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the days it was raining, and he was like, we're going to play games out in the rain, so you got to get ready. We're going to play through it. And, like, you know, that, that kind of stuff. It was, it. it was intense. I like, love it. <laughs> but um, I made the team. It was great. Um, my coaches were awesome. They were, they were great. And then, um, it was really fun. I somehow, this is so funny. I just am kind of good at snapping, which is like basically throwing the ball between your legs. You were shot. Listen, you were shotgun. <laughs> I couldn't do it when I was a center. I couldn't do it. You were, you were shotgunning, shotgun, what you, what, snapping, snapping the ball. Yeah. Like. 15 yards yeah it was crazy it's like consistently it, just, it turned out to be like a hidden talent like i don't know how you would have how, how i would have possibly found that out had i not done flag football that i can just like fucking launch a football between my legs hey yo <laughs> <laughs> but what, what, the fuck <laughs> but what but wait a second but wait a second, because we practiced. I mean, you did a yeah, uh, we did. You we we looked online and we we practiced. I remember from Thanksgiving on, you and I were in the backyard practicing, and uh, you know it was a it was what was amazing was was you just were you be you became the starting center, and they depended on you. Yeah, it was it was I really never like knowing anything about football. Now. I know, I know. I mean. We, I've never really watched football. We're not a big football family. Right. Um, I, I don't, it was just like so random, but I mean, it, I don't know. It just, it kind of happened. One of the things I loved about you being on the football team was it was different from the swim team. The swim team, it's cumulative points. Right. But the flag football team, it's so much direct teamwork. And yeah. it was a totally different experience for you. How would you, how would you, I mean, look, your season, you know, your season was your season. You guys were just learning how to play. The interesting yeah. thing about flag football in, in, in the United States is the NFL has really put a ton of money into girls flag football. And it's, it's, it's a relatively new sport. And it's like, there's still kids who are not, you know, like your team. You guys have never played before. Right. What was your, 
what was your level of confidence out there? Because it must have been a little scary because you guys were playing against like women, like yeah. like older women. I mean, these, these some of these girls we were going to some of these teams were just like what the because your your team your team looked like some of your your team were like eighth graders and ninth graders. Yeah, they were little, and then all of a sudden we're going up to these teams. These these women are just like Amazons. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Well, the flag football team was a lot of the girls who played this year played soccer, and a lot of them were, like, sophomores and freshmen. And, I mean, some of the girls we were going against were, like, a good two feet taller than the rest of us. And I'm on, like, the tallest on my team, and they were towering over me. Huge. It it literally felt like a genetic, like, disposition. It was like, like, this is not fair. (laughs) Yeah, it was like you were playing a college team, it looked like. Yeah, yeah, and they were, like, buff like <laughs> they were, some of like, them were like they were hitting leg day like <laughs> <laughs> they were hitting leg day they were all hitting leg day yeah but it was i mean swimming is different because it's like if you get last you can't that's you like that is all you girl right but flag football is like if you can't catch the ball then like just fuck everything else i mean like defense can only do so much right um which is is kind of interesting and that was Something that we had to, you know, work work with is that we had a great quarterback and just some of the people we just, like, could not catch. And, right. I mean, that was all of us. But it's it's so different than swimming. It's, like, it really is a team effort. I've, I haven't been on, like, a team like that before. So it it was it was different. I liked I was it. Very proud. I was very proud of the flag football, girls' flag football team, and I think you should yeah. be too. I mean, you guys. Yeah had really awesome moments and you know look a lot of these girls are going to keep going back and it's you know they're you know I'm I was very proud of the whole situation it was fun yeah it was fun and you had a good team and you you the girl I I loved watching you all on the sidelines kind of like you know they, they would do a little dancing and laughing yeah. and but it was a lot of fun so do you think you're not you're not you're, you think you'd play any uh, sports in college, not just being like on uh, on the you know like uh, for fun or anything. Uh, I would. I mean, I would definitely do like recreational swimming if they had like modified or something. I mean, I I I wasn't really considering playing college or doing college swimming. It's just because like it would be so hard um, to get my times just like up to their standard. But I would I would definitely do just like you know recreational and then. Um, my college doesn't have a flag football team, but there are some in the area, and I'm sure in the next couple of years they'll have one, and I would consider playing on that. What do you think you want to study? Um, why did you have to ask me this question? All right, so I have a better I idea. have, okay, go ahead. What do you think you want to do with your life? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, worse? what the all fuck? Right. Okay, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, what do you think... What I mean, those are pretty. All right, listen. Down right. the middle of questions. I mean, you're just I mean, gonna you're gonna hear me doing some ums and ahs, but I'll give you an answer. Fine. Okay, what I want to study. So, um, every time someone asks me this, an adult, I give them a different answer. Okay, give because... me as many answers as you want. Okay, but I. Okay. <laughs> well, I feel like if I if I want to play it safe, I might study psychology. If I if I'm feeling a little ballsy, I might go in the film <laughs> direction. <laughs> if I'm, <laughs> I never thought ballsy was going to be one of the criteria to so your d- direction of your life. I don't okay, know. Okay, go ahead. Um, 
mom told me I should study engineering, so I told a couple people I'm studying engineering. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, <laughs> All right, so you're undeclared. Yeah, I'm undeclared. Yeah. Every every <laughs> every time someone asks me that, I give them a different answer to see how they react, right. and it, it's it's so funny. That's so funny. But well, anyways, I have a bone to pick with you. Okay, great. So I was down at uh when uh I was down at a family event, you know uh Jay passed away and I went down to uh to that I'm gonna we're gonna talk about mm -hmm. that next week, and a family member said to me that they had talked to you and you said that you were worried about me and mom and what we were gonna do when you're gone. I do not remember ever saying this. Uh, it came out pretty came out pretty it came out pretty or organically. That like there was this whole it was well you know she's really worried about you guys and what you're gonna do when she's gone. I don't remember that. Mm. I'm all right. Sounds like on. you. Sounds like it you. Does not sound like me. Well, I just wanted to kind of like. I mean, I'm not worried about you guys. All right, speak into the microphone. Thank you very much. I, I'm not worried about you guys. You know what mom's been saying? Go ahead. Every time someone asks her what she's gonna do when I go to college, she says she's gonna have another baby. Like what the fuck? There's no other babe. There's not going to be another babe. There's, I mean, there what is the not fuck? What kind of to, answer is that? that? There is not going to be another. I'm not. I will not be involved in another baby. <laughs> this might be another baby, but I'll have no. I'll have no. This is not from. No, there will be no baby. I think she's just trying to find something. To, you know, the funny thing is, is like there is this question of, you know. It, there's a lot of people here. It's funny thing is, you know, you were saying that people ask you what you're going to study. Every time we tell people you're going to California, they, they are all like, Oh my God, it must be so hard. What are you going to yeah. do? It must be. And you just want to tell these people like, just don't worry about it. This isn't yeah. for you. This, these, this, this, and it's, it's, it, it, it gets overwhelming. And it reminds me of when, when, um, after you were born, all these people, well, before you were born, people were saying, you know, when are you going to have a baby? You guys are married. When are you going to have a baby? And then after you were born, people were saying, well, when is she going to, when are you going to give, when are you going to give Lila brother or sister? When are you going to have another baby? And it was overwhelming to just be like, have to, have to reflect other people's desires on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to let you know that your mom and I, had a lot of fun before you were born <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of fun when you're gone so <laughs> i don't, worry don't about that. doubt that don't worry for about that. one second <laughs> don't worry about that i just wanted to let you know we're okay. gonna uh Thank thanks all right i wonder play a game okay great and see what you want to do or whatever you want to do or if there's something you want to talk about this is your show too whatever you want to talk about i had this idea when i was coming over here and i thought i would call it i was going to call it what really happened Okay. And it was going to be, I was going to tell a story and you were, if you remembered it, you were going to tell your recollection okay, and, then we can yeah. decide, and then we can decide who was correct. Yeah. That sounds good. Okay. But you have to come up with a story too. Okay. All well, right. Uh, I'll think, I'll look, do, I'll have a, I have a story. I have a story already. Okay. Do you remember when we went skiing at Mount Peter? Uh-huh. And it was a snowstorm. It was a school day. So Mount Peter is a small... There's a couple small ski slopes in the area that are very reasonably priced. And we also have... 
we were donated skis and boots for you. I had my own skis, boots, and poles. We made it, and then we ended up getting this. There was a New York plan that you could get free lift tickets and stuff like that. So it, it made skiing, which is an extraordinarily expensive sport, very reasonable. I remember taking you to Mount Peter on a snow day. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, for years we kind of practiced and I love teaching you how to ski. And the greatest compliment I ever got from anybody was when one of the ski lift got one of the ski school guys came up to me and he saw me teaching you or saw me teaching one of their, one of your friends or something like that. And I was like, I had you and I had the, the, the pole by my knees and you were in between and then yeah. I would switch and we would kind of, I'd teach you how to, you'd follow me and we would do it. And, and I remember the greatest compliment I ever got one of the greatest compliments I ever got was this the school teacher that the, the ski school instructor asked me if I wanted a job as a ski school. And I was just like, I do, but I do, I cannot do my weekends here. <laughs> I can't drive at Mount Peter. So I remember we went to Mount Peter. It was a snow day and we skied. There wasn't anybody there. We skied and we had cheeseburgers, awesome cheeseburgers in Mount Peter. And we were driving back and I got in a car accident. Do you remember yes. that? All right. You didn't get into a car accident, though. Well, I slid off the road into a guardrail. I guess. Yeah. That was one of my... I found I found that to be... When I think of all the... Par- and what happened was we were going down a hill, and I was in... Uh, we were in a Ford Escape or something like that. And I remember going down the hill... And I remember kind of just slowly touching the brakes, and then I just started skidding. Yeah. And I was I was trying to turn the wheel into the skid, and then we just we slowed down, hit the we were skidding, slowed down, hit the shoulder, and then we just kind of like bumped. Thank God there's a guardrail there. I remember with my uh, my right arm reaching back. You were in a car seat. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I don't think you. Were, yeah, I think you're probably you know still in like a you know like yeah a, I think so and like a, a booster seat a or booster something. Seat. Yeah. And I remember putting my arm back to hold you and I said I remember I said hold on, and luckily that the guardrail was there. We it wasn't a big deal. It was just like mm-hmm. we skidded on the thing. What was your recommend recollection of that day? Do you remember that day? Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember that. I mean, it was a great day. Like that was definitely one of my favorite. I mean, skiing on a snow day when, when I was younger was one of my favorite things that we used to do together. So we, I remember having a great day. We were in the car, coming home. I remember just being exhausted. And I think I was falling asleep when that had happened. Hmm. And I remember, like, you know, like I was, like, aware, but, like, my eyes were closed. And then feeling like the skid and I remember like you put your arm back but I think you said like close your eyes or something like that and I I didn't close really remember yeah yeah I and wasn't preparing us for death <laughs> I, you asked me what my recollection is you, I'm gonna tell you my recollection okay, I apologize how's Keep that going. go ahead okay. I apologize go ahead all right <laughs> Jesus Christ. okay okay I'm sorry <laughs> anyways I remember hitting the guardrail and then I was like what happened and you were like we got into a car accident, but it was not a car accident. We just hit the guardrail and we went home and it was fine. I remember that driving the rest of the way thinking like silent. I gripped the wheel the rest of the way home. I mean, luckily the car was fine. I mean, we just, you know, it was, yeah. everything was fine. I mean, it, we skid into the guardrail. We stopped in the guardrail. It wasn't the, the end of the world. Right. We didn't do anything strange. 
I remember feeling like I was the most reckless father of all time. I felt like that was one of the my I, that is probably my biggest regret as a parent. Yeah, I remember you. I remember. I feel like that's one of your biggest things. Yeah, but yeah I mean, to me, it really was not that intense. But I, also, I wasn't driving. I was not. I wasn't being smart while I was driving. But the other thing is, I was in a car accident when I was really little oh. that actually totaled our car. I remember so that. I think like like hitting the guardrail is nothing after you know what I had I had been through like before. So do you remember that? Yeah, I remember it very well. Do you want me to tell I, it? Well, only if you want to. I talk, your I mother mentioned that today. Your mother mentioned that to me today. Only if you want to. Yeah. What did she bring it up because I was driving? No, she brought it up because we were talking about depression. Mm, yeah. Well, so basically what happened, this was I mean, I was in pre K. I was right. really little. Yep. Um, I was in Paxton. I was when yeah. I was in Paxton. Yeah. So mom picked me up. We were driving home. Um, sitting in the back seat behind her in, you know, like a booster seat or car seat, whatever. Car seat, yeah. Yeah. And um I don't know exactly, like, something about, like, the lights, because, like, I didn't really understand, you know, how that worked back then, but I do remember we were driving, and all of a sudden, like, a huge force, like, a car hit our side, so mom and I were both on the same side, on the driver's side seat, and I remember the glass of her window shattered, and the airbag didn't go off, but I remember being, like... I think we just got into a car crash. And I think I said that to mom. She always says that. That I, I guess that's something I said. And we were, like, pulled over on the side of the road. And I remember people were getting out of their cars. Like, traffic had stopped. And people were asking us if we were okay. I mean, it was it was really bad. Like, the car was totaled. Like, and, and ambulances came to take us to the hospital. And I remember being, like, I'd never been in an ambulance before. I, I hadn't even, I don't think I'd even really been in a hospital that I had remembered. And it was, it was really intense. But I, luckily, thank God, Mom and I were both okay. But, like, nothing critical. Um, but, you know, Mom, Mom had some, she had chest pain, I remember. And she was, she was really depressed. Well, what happened was you get so keyed up and she was so like the adrenaline kicked in. It's so crazy that you got an alarm. That's I'm sorry. That's, no, that's like, I mean, how crazy is that that we were just talking about that? And then all of a sudden you have a siren in the background. That's unbelievable. But I remember I remember what happened was the guy was on his cell phone and he came yeah. and he rolled through. He rolled. He just rolled through the stoplight. And um I remember getting called. I met you at the hospital and everything like that. But it, what happened with mom was she was like her body filled her with like adrenaline and she was on like a high for a long time. And then all of a sudden the chemicals started to roll back and she went into a depression. Like she was like she was talking to me today. We were talking about depression and stuff like that. She goes, I remember that 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 point where there was this moment where I didn't give a fuck about anything. And it was like it was a she's like the, the human mind is you, you you're out of control i mean you know we, everybody was fine we all got all squared away you know no one there were no injuries but it was like this incredible moment because she really felt like you know the 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 chemicals weren't 
you know, they weren't equalizing or something. I mean, I'm not, obviously, yeah. I am not the, the medical person in the family. I mean, <laughs> There's some serious bro science going <laughs> yeah, on right now. Some, yeah, that was some bro <laughs> science. But I mean, at the same time, I remember that really um, pretty, 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 uh, that was intense. That was yeah. intense. Yeah. I don't. Re I didn't really remember her being like depressed, but I do remember. Well, her you were too that. young. You were yeah. too young to know it. But I just, and I think that she was also trying to hide it from you. Yeah. Because I mean, but at the same time, it wasn't. That was yeah. That was bad. There was yeah. But I mean, it was out of her. I mean, was she wasn't. She. I mean, she. We, you guys were hit. I mean, it was like you yeah. didn't do what you weren't. You weren't. You didn't do anything. It was. Do you have any memories that you want to do? We don't have to. They don't have to be depressing. They could be <laughs> what you remember. We could do. Yeah. Who was right? Is really you. Okay. You tell a story. And then I'll tell you my version of that story. Okay, great. <laughs> well, this is, this is kind of, it's not in the same boat, but this Go is ahead. the first thing that came to my mind. Um, can you hear the dogs? Of course. Don't worry okay, about that. Okay, sorry. Anyways. Go ahead. So I remember when I was really young and um, our friends invited us to New Jersey and we were going to spend the weekend there. I feel like it was like Memorial Day weekend or whatever. And we were at the beach, and I oh, was no. boogie boarding. Oh, no. Do you remember this? Yes, I do remember this. <laughs> I do remember this story. <laughs> I remember exactly the story. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I was boogie boarding for the first time. Yeah. I don't know how to boogie board. Yeah. I don't, I didn't, you know, the beach was, it was nice, whatever, but the waves were huge. Yeah. And I remember being with you yep. and then all of a sudden i was under the water and i could not breathe yeah. and i remember you like holding me down and being like what the fuck and then all of a sudden coming up and being like i never want to go in the water again and i i'll never forget that i am not a boogie boarding teacher i'm not <laughs> i'm the, like the worst person i don't know so what happened was yes this is this is just true there are some different moments though I didn't hold you down. Thank you very much. I think that we should just make it very clear that I didn't hold you down. That is a mischaracterization of what actually happened. Thank you, if you don't mind. Jeez. So bring the, bring the, you know, I mean, God. What happened Listen, was. Listen, who was right? Who was I, right? I, I'm going to tell you what happened. I got you out. You were very little. I got you on the boogie board, and I was holding you on the boogie board, right? Uh -huh. So the wave came. I think you might have been too. I'm not blaming you. I, I was a bad, like I said, I'm not a boogie board teacher. <laughs> you were high on the nose of the boogie board. And what happened was when the wave came, the, the nose went under the water and it just shot you straight down, <laughs> straight down. Like all of a sudden it was like it was from holding you to straight down, straight down. <laughs> And I remember having my hands on you and the board, and I tried pulling you guys back up. But for some reason, the way the water was, it was the water was not allowing me to get you up immediately from the board. The board was like, was trying, it was like, you know, aero, water dynamics, hydrodynamics, water some of that dynamics. bullshit. Some of that water dynamics. Some of that, some of that hydrodynamics was okay. not in my favor. And when I pulled you up, this is the greatest line you've ever said. And you were like, you were tiny. You were like five or six, I think. I said, are you okay? And you said, do I look okay? No, I'm not okay. And you were so mad. No, I'm not okay. Do I look okay? 
And I, I remember I lost my sunglasses. And you were, f- you weren't scared. You were furious. So I can understand why you thought I held you down. I didn't actually hold you down. There were some hydrodynamics that were not working in my favor. But I can understand now why you thought that, why you were so mad. Because clearly you thought I was trying to drown you. Or I didn't, hold you down. I didn't Are you okay? No, I'm not me. okay. Do I look okay? No, I'm not okay. Like, I didn't I didn't think you're trying to drown right. me. I think after that had happened, we were talking about it and you said that a wave was coming right. and you were trying to hold me down so I wouldn't get hit by it again or something like that. I, I just remember I, like as soon as the nose of the boogie board went under you just went straight down. And it was like, <laughs> there was no controlling it whatsoever. And I just remember, I was like, oh my God, this isn't very good. And you're like, no, I'm not okay. Do I look okay? <laughs> I just remember being under the water and yeah. not having any air and being like, what is going on? That, oh, I... that reminds me of a story that happened with me and my old man. I don't know if I ever told you this or not, but when he was teaching me, you know, I, when I taught you how to ski, I was very careful because this particular story and that story that you just told reminds me of the story that I have with my dad <laughs> so the way my dad my dad was an awesome skier and he loved skiing and he taught me how to ski but his methodology of teaching anything if it was skiing painting anything it was really not very he didn't explain what you're supposed to do like he didn't he wasn't he didn't make it easy to understand so he would just say follow me and turn when I tell you to that's not really good. I mean, that's just not good teaching, right? So he says, we're going to go side to side. We're going to traverse the slope, and you're going to turn when I tell you to. So I'm going on the side, and you're going at an angle, and then you touch your pole, and then he says, okay, now you turn. You put the pole down, you turn. And he says, you're going to keep going. And he says, don't turn until I tell you to turn. And And he didn't fucking tell me to turn, and I went over the side of the slope. Did I tell you this story? Yeah, you did. And I remember going so fast and going straight over the side into a tree. Ah! <laughs> but like the tree was, I was, I was probably like, so, so if the side of the slope would go down, I, it turned out to be like nine feet up into a pine tree. And oh as soon as I hit the tree, God. it was like this, boom. And I was wearing like a, I was wearing like a feather, uh, like a, like a ski jacket with feathers. And apparently as soon as I hit the tree, it was like a, it was just an explosion of feathers. And he said, and then they, and there took like five guys came over and they're all trying to you know, get their ski boots, ski, skis off. And they're trying to climb up to get me. I'm like, I'm like stuck like Velcro on this tree. And they could finally get me down, and I'm covered in scratches, and I'm okay. And I ski, I'm skiing. As I'm, my dad's, my dad goes, "How come you didn't turn? I told you to turn." He was like <laughs> blaming me for. He's like, "You didn't turn. I don't know why you didn't Jesus. turn. I told you to turn." And and I remember going straight at that at that point. I just wanted to get off the mountain. I went straight down. Like there was no Oy. there was no traversing, feathers flying. <laughs> Feathers flying, and apparently I was looking for my mother, who was who was in the lodge. I went into the lodge wearing my skis and boots and poles, <laughs> feather uh, and blood everywhere. Uh, and my dad was just like, and she said, "What ha- what happened?" Everyone's like looking at me because I'm like coming into the ski- I come in into the lodge wearing the skis. Like I didn't even take the skis off. And the, and my mom said, "What happened?" He's like, "I went over the side." And she goes, "What happened?" He's like, "Dad didn't tell me to turn." And it was uh, it was uh, I re- I'll never forget that moment. <laughs> But it reminds me of your whole thing. Like, I definitely, I didn't think that I, I, I should have held on to you and not the board. 
Well, but I'm sorry that that happened. Don't be sorry. It's, you know, it's uh, here now. Here now. Do you have any other of those stories that you remember that? Uh, um, I don't have just, any off the top of my head now. Do you remember when? What would it be a funny story? What would it be a funny story? I do remember. I do remember when I taught you how to ski. We were skiing. It might have been. Mount, I don't know if it was Mount Peter, one of the other places, and you and I were whipping, whipping around. It was yeah. really, really, really fast. And I definitely remember this woman was standing where she wasn't <laughs> supposed to be standing, and I fucking destroyed her. I, went, I just I came out of nowhere. I, I remember that. I came out of nowhere. She was. I was went down, and then I went. I went. I went down a little slope, and I went up, and she was just happened to be there, and I just put her into the ground. She shouldn't have been standing there. But at the same time, you were racing me, and I felt as though I didn't really have much of a choice, and I had to whip your ass because there's, just, there's no way I'm gonna let you beat me. But I remember just destroying this woman, just destroying to the point where I was just like, ah, right, she ain't getting up ever. Yeah. There she goes. There's, there's the El there's the, they're, they're just going to get him. They're going to pick her up. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. I I remember, I remember being really confident at skiing. And I just remember, well, I remember that happening. I remember being like, oh, I won. And then looking yeah. back and you're like, I just fucking destroyed that woman. <laughs> I destroyed her. I mean, it was like... It was bad. It was bad. And I felt bad about it. But at the same time, a part of me was just like, yeah, you really shouldn't be standing there. She was like, okay, though. It was... I, I mean, like... She was... I mean, she you just, like, was in shock. just, threw her over. Yeah. Oh, I, but... I, like, checked her to the boards. I put her <laughs> in the ground. I put her into the ground. She was... <laughs> and then I said to her, are you okay? And then I think she said the same thing you said. She says, do I look okay? <laughs> I think that was... <laughs> <laughs> that was unbelievable but i felt like i once again i felt like it was a bad influence on you because it was just like i shouldn't have drilled this poor woman i, mean, I remember i mean ayo but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go baby there we go <laughs> i also remember being like getting really good at skiing and get going so fast and i was so short that i was like a little bullet yeah it was and awesome. i remember cutting a couple people off and i remember you having to be like listen like you can't do that and you mean like, like I, I guess you were, you told me this one time that I guess you used to do that with your dad, and your dad would be like, you can't cut people off like that, and you know. He liked it. He it was... he liked he liked it a little bit. He my old man. My I the only one time I ever got in trouble was on a I was on a ski trip with this church group. Don't get me started. <laughs> and the only reason why I went is because they were gonna give give me free tickets, free lodge free everything and all i had to do was say <laughs> that i wanted to <laughs> change religions and it was a huge mistake and i wish i didn't do it and it was like crazy and my family was not happy but i was like no one else is going to take me skiing so i mean these you know these guys are going to take me skiing so and i remember cutting one guy off and then i cut some woman off i was young i was like probably 17 or 18 I was something so sixteen or seventeen. I was really like full of myself, and I cut this woman off. And this guy comes down to the slopes, and he puts his finger in my face. He's like, you almost hit my wife, and I just said, "I'm really sorry," and I apologized. And the chaplain was like really proud of me for apologizing. He thought I was gonna like get into it with this guy. <laughs> I seem to remember there was one story I was gonna tell that I'm trying to remember. I was gonna tell a good skiing story. Go ahead. Okay. Because so... I want wait before you. I want to remember. I wanted to tell that baseball story. What's the baseball story? When the guy said what he said. 
Maybe I shouldn't say it. I don't know. Oh yeah, you gotta tell. All them. right, so Wait. you tell your first story, and I'll okay. tell you that. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna don't close. To I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna close off. <laughs> I'm gonna close off the ski section. Go ahead. With one of my favorite skiing memories. Go ahead. Okay. So, <laughs> we were skiing with our family Hey, wait, just, friends. To let, just to let the listener know, this is East Coast bullshit skiing. Yeah. We are not skiing like... anywhere. All these, we're getting free tickets. We're getting, like, we're skiing on off days. We are we are budgeting this whole thing out. This is not, yeah. like, we're not, like. We're skiing on, like, fake snow type type beat. This is some bullshit skiing. Okay. Yeah. So, let's just, just make okay. sure everyone knows. This is, yeah. some, we're not in the, we're not in the Alps. You right. Know? So, anyways, we were skiing with some family friends. And they have a kid who was around my age at the time. We must have been 11 or 12. Right. And I think it was his first time skiing or, like, first or second. We were going up the the lift together by ourselves. And I think I, that was, like, the first time. <sighs> I remember I know. I know. So, anyways, we were, we were sitting on the lift together. It was, like, our first time. We were, like, we're not sitting with our parents. Um... Sorry, the, the ambulance is coming again. But... <laughs> we live in New Obviously, we live in <laughs> Manhattan. Everybody. What is this? This is like the fourth one already. I mean, there's, this is Jesus. Memorial Day the problems. Memorial Day, yeah. Holy mackerel. My God. Anyways, anyways. So we were on the lift, about to get off. You've ever been skiing? You know how it goes. You put up the, you put your skis up so you tips don't. Up. Tips up. Tips up. Right. Oh, I will literally <laughs> never forget this image. This poor kid sitting to my right forgets to put his tips up. It's too late. Where the lift is going off, it's starting to turn, and he just fucking face plants well, right into the snow. I happen to be behind you with his father, and he caught his tips on the. He caught his tips under the lift, under yeah. like the platform, and it will like we thought he was gonna go in the net. Like there's an, what's going on down? Dude, what is going on over there? It's bad. It's oh real my bad. God, this is problems. Oh jeez, I hope it's. Oh my god, I hope it's not so. Bad. I hope it's not terrible. So I remember that, and then I just remember, I, I remember sitting with the father, and the father's going, "Oh god, oh god, all right, well." And I thought he was gonna like <laughs> slip it because they put a net underneath. Right. Yeah. And that was that was bad. Yeah, that was really yeah. bad. Yeah. But I, I mean, in the moment, it was unbelievable, but it is so funny now. I, I only wish I could, like, project that image somewhere. It was yeah. it was hilarious. You know, I'm not telling that that baseball story. I'm not telling it. It's a little bit too, All right. it's a little bit too blue. But uh, other than that. Wait, are you, are you talking about the Yankee one the from Yankee last mess- summer? Yeah. Why is it too blue? Eh, All right. It's a little too New York. It's just isn't going to translate over. They're going to what kind of parent are you? <laughs> all right, I'll tell you the story for Christ's sake. Okay, so, yes. All right, so so it was a Yankees-Mets It game. was Subway Series. Subway Series. And it was so amazing. I don't know if I should tell the story. I think, I mean, I think you should tell it. Personally, that was my favorite baseball game of all time. It was just great. It was, the vibes were awesome. The, the New, it was a New York, it was a, New, it was a Yankee stadium, and it was filled with, New York Yankee fans and Mets fans both living in New York and everyone's razzing each other everyone's beating their brakes in but the vibe is like the vibe was like great it, it wasn't was awesome. like you weren't scared for your life no you was just like everyone's just getting their balls broken these guys wearing Mets shirts <laughs> and you know guys and everyone was just like and 
And we were sitting down, and then there was a guy in front of us with his, his kid. And in front of him was this group of Mets fans. And the Mets fans were young, you know, like finance bros, and they were like, drinking <laughs> with their girls, and they're standing up. And they're glizzies. They're gl- <laughs> everyone eating glizzies. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I don't know if I should tell the story or not. Tell the fucking all right, okay, story. Okay, okay, all right, all right. Jeez, jeez. <laughs> Calm down. So, I mean, relax. <laughs> I mean, just don't tell me to relax. So, <laughs> so, so all of a sudden, we're the the guy with his kid is is, is saying saying to these Mets fans, uh, "Could you sit down? Because my kid can't see." And you know, not nobody says anything. And then the guy says it again. Hey, hey, can you sit down? My, my kid, my kid can't see the game. And the Mets fans are just like doing their thing. They don't they don't care. And then, and then they're they don't, cobbling they're not glizzies. <laughs> All right, easy, easy. <laughs> and then the last one is the guy goes. The guy goes, "Hey guys, guys, my kid can't see. Sit down." And the Mets, one of the Mets fans, turns around. And he goes, he looks at the kid and he looks at the dad. He goes, "Suck my dick." <laughs> and you, your face dropped. Your face dropped. <laughs> your face dropped. And I put my arm around you and I said, congratulations, now you're officially a New Yorker because you got to hear a suck my dick in the wild. Hey, nothing better. That is the most New York thing to hear. You that hear was... And you said to me, well, what's going to happen? And I said, nothing. It's over. It's all over. It's all over. Yep. When you hear that, that is like the final. That's it. There ain't, this is New Yorkers. Ain't nothing gonna happen. No one's gonna fight each other. <laughs> Nothing's gonna happen. But it was just like this weird moment of pride that you got to witness the most pure New York moment of all time. That was unreal. It's one of those moments where you're like, I cannot believe I witnessed yeah. that like firsthand. Like it's something that like I feel like you would have seen on like like TikTok or yeah. Instagram. You know, it was just like perfect like if the timing we had video was perfect that, if we had video that it would have been viral. viral it was it was so fucking funny he, he just like he delivered it so perfectly perfect. like so casually so new york it was the it was most great. new york moment and it yeah. was like this real moment of pre- you were a little nervous you're like oh my god i think god. it was, was yeah like, i said this is you have w- finally witnessed true new yorker <laughs> dumb you know it was just like yeah that, that is was, that was amazing that and you won't get that in california no. If you said that in California, you might you might I, you might not I wake mean, up the next morning. Dude, I remember when we were like, you know, we were Ubering or whatever, and the driving was like ratchet. But yeah. like no one even honks. Like it's so different. I mean, it's unreal. You cannot honk outside of New no. York. No. They do not like I remember when I got to college <laughs> with the car for my sophomore year and I remember being in Ohio and I honked. You know, and honking in New York it's like Beep, it's beep. Like, there's different yeah. there's different honks you can if you lean on it that's fuck you that's but if you give it the double you. tap that's like okay you got the light do do it's time to go you know yeah you know, <laughs> there's like different v- vocabulary for the the honks and then but like they don't know that language outside of new york so like i remember going to a fast food place with jamie and we were driving along and then this dude was just like taking his time i gave him the beep beep the guy was he followed us home like oh. he was ready to like i mean i must i mean it was like i insulted his parents or some or, or, or like i like yeah you know, i mean it was it was a war and for then on i never honked again outside that's of, so scary yeah i was really afraid i was just like oh my god this guy does not like being honked at <laughs> at all and then my friend was just like yeah you're not really supposed to do that here i'm like yeah we honk. i mean <laughs> in new york city 
they honk as soon as the light changes. Yeah. You don't, even, <laughs> you don't even have to wait a minute or two. It's not like you're on your phone, like, doing nothing. Yeah. It'll, as soon as it changes, immediately honk. <laughs> and it's like, you're not fast that. enough. <laughs> yeah. You are not fast enough. And you don't take it offensively. The only time you take it offensively is they lean on it. Yeah. Leaning on the horn's bad. But other yeah. than that. Well, that was fun. Did you enjoy that? That was great. Yeah, I had a great time. All right, maybe we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah. All right. Well, Lila Fader, you know how you know her. You know her, and stay away from her. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Don't try to find her. Don't worry about that. She's my kid. I'm very. I just want. Last thing I want to say is, I am so proud of the person that you've become, and all the hard work that you've done, and all the per and the just the the discipline and the in the all the accolations that you get, you deserve, and I couldn't be more proud or happy for you. And I, all I want you to find is happiness. I don't give a shit what you do. When you get, I mean, I care about what you do. <laughs> I mean, I think right. you know, I do care what you have to do, but at the same time, I want you to find happiness, and I want you to. I, I look forward to everything that you do. And your mother and I are very proud of you, and we love you very much. Thank you. That that means a lot. I'm proud of you. Love you too. So I'm I'm really glad that we did this podcast together. It was it was really it was great. I really was it loved fun. It. Gonna, yeah, it was really fun. Reviews. Yeah, definitely. Right. It was fun. Guys, I wanted to, I want to just say one thing before um, before we go. This is uh, I want to thank Lila for coming on. We'll have you back on. Uh, it is Memorial Day, and I really appreciate it. Uh, my, I've, I've been thinking a lot about a lot of people in my family and stuff like that. But the one thing I did want to bring up, and this is something that's uh, something that happened just very recently, is our friend Bob Rankin, uh, his son, uh, is, is no longer with us. Uh, he took his life, and um, Bob Rankin is a friend. Bob Rankin is, when I buy my Damascus, I get it from Bob. I've been buying Bob Rankin's, I've been talking about Bob Rankin for years. I've been, he's a friend, and what he's going through is, I mean, I can't even imagine. So I want, I, what I want you guys to do is if you are, this is coming out on Friday of Blade Show. If you are at Blade Show, I want you to go to his table. His table is, his table is table 6F, and he will not be there. Uh, our friends, uh, Summit and C. Smithing, Rocco Handmade, uh, Hemkler Blacksmithing, that's Eric, and Nico Nicolatis will be uh, taking over his table for him. So what I want you to do is, if you are at Blade Show and you are there, I want you to buy everything on his goddamn table, number one. I also write him a note. Write him a note, say, you know, if you want to leave him a note or something like that. And I want you to support uh, Bob because I can't imagine what he's going through. And... Um, we're going to have him on. He reached out at some point when he feels, you know, he's his son is a veteran and he really, at some point when, you know, time passes and he's feeling like he's up to it, he's going to come on either here and I've talked, we're going to talk about it, but I'm sending all my best wishes and my deepest condolences to my friend, Bob Rankin, his family. Um, you know, you are a part of our community and you are a friend and, um, I wish you nothing but peace and love and, the kindest, deepest sympathies we have. So uh, you heard what I said, guys. If you're listening to this, you know what to do. Uh, and uh, with that said, uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. I'm going to do a solo show. What the plan is, I'm going away. It's going to Barcelona, so I might have a week. There might be a week missing or something like that. But uh, I'm going to do a show next week, and uh, we'll get you squared away. So thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks again, Lila. You're the best, obviously, thank and I'll you. see you in a minute. All right. All right. Thank you. I love you. Love you, too.
This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.